This podcast is proudly brought to you by Nuova Simonelli. Hello and welcome to episode the 64th of Tamper Tantrum. My name is Colin Harmon. Uh, Rumours of my demise have been greatly exaggerated. My sty is receding, so my, my eye looks more normal. I know you're all being uh, very worried. Thank you for all the letters and phone calls. More about my style later. How are you, Stephen? Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting back to normal after our wonderful trip to New York. Um, I must admit, I the lag hit me quite bad this time. Um, I did a lot of sleeping in a lot of places. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And I am stylus. <laughs> stylus. See what I did there? Were you worried about my style? Did you, did you, did you think that I'd, uh, I'd kind of, you know, come to the end? No, no, I had uh, half early updates from Yvonne um, throughout the night and day. Okay. Um, yeah, and we actually set up a, yeah. a newsletter that uh, people can sign up to at I don't give a shit at gmail.com and um, <laughs> sign up to that newsletter and you, you'll get all of the information about your style you need. We should start like Sty Hustle and then you get like weekly, weekly updates about Colin Sty. <laughs> Some were saying that the Sty was more charismatic at Tampa Tantrum than you were, but uh, I, I defended your honor. Do you ever like. Do you ever like open a Tampa Tantrum and in the back of your head you're like, Jen's going to hate this? Oh, God. Oh, that's, that's every time I open my mouth and start a Tampa Tantrum, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it really makes me wonder why like Jenny's even involved. Like, she hates all the stuff that we do. Yeah. Like anything outside of what we do, she thinks it's fun. <laughs> anything we do is awful. Yeah, I, I told her it was going to be a music podcast. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> she she hates us, but we. Um, love her. Sam. Indeed, and how? Indeed. Um. <laughs> so yeah, for those for those of you that don't know, um, we recently took um, our uh the top Tamper Tantrum Roadshow to New York City. I said that very weird, New York City, <laughs> New York City, uh, and uh, to my mind had probably one of, if not the best events we've ever had, it, like definitely in terms of the quality of the, the talks, like everybody pretty much nailed it. Yeah, so I mean, before I go on to the talks, one thing I, I everybody who said, I said, oh, I'm off to New York, said, oh, what are you going for? I said, oh, I'm on tour. That, that was all I said. I didn't give anything reason of what I was doing or why I was going. <laughs> I was just on tour. I'm just on yeah, tour. And I really hope that some of those people, yeah. some of them don't know me so well or kind of know much about, like, that we do Tampa Tantrum, will be like, wow, you must be a big deal. And I am. Um, but a bigger deal was you're to speak, because you're right. I mean, the quality was... I, so I think the first thing that I really kind of came away from was just, like, how rehearsed everybody was and that's not to say other people haven't been rehearsed apart from Steemo and James yes it is and <laughs> no, I, like, it was just noticeable how prepped they were how you know the slides you could tell they hadn't been put together that week they'd been put together many many weeks before and there was lots of um, like we did run throughs the night before didn't we at the at the group house um, and and, and people yeah. actually got to deliver their talks to the scariest audience in the world because it was the other other speakers. Um, and I don't think we've ever done that before. We've never had that level of preparation. It was quite an audience as well. Like aside from the speakers, like there was lots of questions that, that will come out in the videos, uh, undoubtedly. Um, 
and comments and like it was such like I don't know the, the, it was a, it turned into something like like almost like a workshop you know what I mean because the the minds that were present in the room had things to say and and they said them and it was uh, like I think everybody took a lot away from the event so it just felt a lot different to any of the other ones that we've done before and yeah I was really happy with it I think I, I love I love that the profile of Tampa Tantrum kind of seen certainly from the audience and I know that's a select a select audience but the profile of what we're doing and the videos that we've done before have kind of resonated people were bringing up previous talks within the talks and within the questions um which, you know, it's a long way away from where Colin Harmon and Stephen Layton live. From 13 um, Chicken Wings. And the fact that... And 13 Chicken... It's a very long way away from 13 Chicken Wings. And the that's, a, that's a tamper tantrum um, joke. <laughs> but, like, it, it, the people knew all about us um, and knew all about, kind of, 3FE and, and has been and what's happening in Europe and... Can't get my head just, around that. Yeah, it, it was... It was no... No, no, it's scary that people, so many people know about it. I actually had a few people come and talk to me about uh, 3FE during WBC um, that we've talked about before to death, but like how, how impressed they were with what you were doing and stuff like that. Um, but they didn't want to tell you because you've been paid enough. Um, you are a dick, yeah. But it's good to have insight. Definitely. Well um, we must, uh, at this time, we would like to thank uh, our, our sponsors on the event uh, and definitely the host, Taylor Street. So Taylor Street Baristas of uh, UK fame have now opened the shop in New York. And we used the upstairs part. Uh, so it was definitely a little snug uh, to fit 100 people into. But my God, was it intimate. Like it was, um, the, the atmosphere was really, really great. They put on really nice lunch for everybody. Coffees were there. The coffee suppliers were. I'm gonna pull up a list of the coffee suppliers that we had because I know I'm gonna forget them otherwise. But um, like it was uh, yeah, it was really really. There was Madcap. There was Intelligentsia. Farm, there was Intelligentsia. There was uh, Counterculture. Nice. Uh, no, I'm running out. Yes, yeah, and there was one more. Who was the other one? Uh, oh. uh, I had coffee from them all, and I actually um, brought. Uh, well, I'd say I brought, Dale brought coffee back from everybody and we were cooking them um, here yesterday uh, and they were tasting phenomenal. Noble tree. Really, really good. Noble tree. So that, course, it, once more, I think just cause to emphasize, counterculture coffee, madcap coffee, Irving Farm, Intelligentsia, Noble tree and Neat. Um, yeah, and it yeah. was, um, yeah, it was really great. Such. Did you, did you get to taste much coffee? I did. Um, I had a, I had a Favorite. really great geisha from um, the counterculture guys, I think it was. And it was great. And this is yeah. going to sound... Was that the Honduras? Yeah, one? I think so, yeah. yeah. Cause it was really great because yes. it didn't yeah. taste like a geisha. In, like, I wasn't surprised, but it wasn't that like, like in-your-face geisha. It was just like it had lots of complexity and sweetness. I was like, this is a great coffee. They're like, it's a geisha. I'm like... I like that I like this on its own terms, you know what I mean? So so we got, um, yesterday in the cupping, we had, I think it was four of their varietals from the same farm, El Punte. Watch your language, Steve. Please. Yeah. Um, and uh, the geisha, I agree, was like, it was interesting, but the Pacamara was phenomenal. Really? Like, whoa, I've never tasted a Pacamara you see, like you that. You say that about ever. every Pacamara that you buy. No, 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 no. This, anyone this anyone who doesn't know, like, I think everybody knows, but anyone out there who doesn't know, Steve is yeah. something of a Pacamara, Pacamara pervert. 
buys 87% of the world's production of Pacamaris. No, this was a blind table and it was absolutely stunning. It was fantastic. You should send it to me. I also had a, Ke- I had a Kenyan from uh, Macap as well. Oh, yeah. Macap, which was like, oh, and they brought it to me outside at a time that I really needed coffee. And it was like a gift from the gods. It was amazing. Yeah, really delicious um, coffees. Yeah, but I, I, I had coffee off every single one. I, I purposely made sure I tasted everybody's coffee. Um, and they were all absolutely uh, I've been drinking uh, coffee from a non-sponsor this week. So uh, an Ethiopian coffee from George Hell. So I haven't had George Hell coffee in a long time. So it was nice to get a gift from uh, a woman mm. whose name I've completely forgotten. So thank you, mystery woman. Um yeah, she just Hell. moved to Boston to uh, work at one of George Hell's shops and um, very kindly brought me a bag of coffee. So I, it brought me back to the days when um, she reminded me of the name of the farm and I've completely forgotten it again. But George Hell does direct work with a, a place in Kenya that started, I think she said it's, he started working with them in 2008. So it's very hands-on, very like, you know, uh, collaborative. And... Um, I remember myself and David Walsh getting boxes shipped over to share out between friends that we met on the internet in Dublin. And I think that was probably Gethambuini and that George Hell Coffee were like my my two uh, kind of gateways into into um, Kenyan coffees. And yeah, so I think I actually might place a web order this week to see if I can get a hold of it again because I want to see how it's progressed. Fantastic. Yeah, no, they, they, they do great things. We should also thank Chemex as well, who were our title yeah. sponsor. Did you get hold of one of those took those, uh, those posters? Because those posters are beautiful. The Chemex the, Yeah, well, it's kind of Chemex-inspired tamper tantrum poster for New York. Oh, yeah, no, Jen does have one for me for my new house. Uh, I'm actually getting one of each of the tamper tantrum posters. For I was going to say, house. could you tell That's Jen? But actually, Jen will be editing this, so she'll be listening to it. So, Jen... Could I have a poster, please? Like a really nice one, and I can stick it up in my in my house because it's beautiful and you're very clever. Um, I th- I thought you meant the Chemex. So Chemex have done a, a limited series of posters, uh, kind of of the original drawings from um, the Chemex really? patent. Um, if, and if I Google that right now, will I be able to find it? I doubt it. But it, if Jen, can you let Colin <laughs> see the picture? Jen. <laughs> Jen, come coffee, Jen. Jen. <laughs> I don't see any coffee. No, um, so that they they sent us some recently, and Dale snaffled some for his. What? Hands. He snaffled. Here, but does. Do you know the word no. snaffle? It's kind of like to sneak okay. out, like to sneakily take. Um, and then there's some for here, but there's none for me. So, Jen, Jen, can I have some of those posters for my house too, nice. please? <laughs> No, they're absolutely beautiful. They really are. They, and that's the thing with Chemex. They seem to have gone through a recent kind of redesign, rebranding, like and, that I absolutely love. Um, and they took a leap of faith that people would come to Tampa Tantra, New York. And how? Us, they really um, did come. We sold out the event. Or Jen sold out the event. Sold out like a week before that it That never came happens. Like, like we've we sold out events in no. the past, but it's always been like a couple of days before on the day. But... Yeah, uh, I I don't know. It's I. We could nearly go to New York every year, Steve. Oh, fantastic! Definitely do that. Can we go to Estrell's every year? Estrella, as well? isn't it? Yeah, that place Estrella, is yeah. uh, top notch. 
a really really oh. great restaurant oh, yeah, yeah there's lots to do in new york i like I, i've i was there 10 years ago with my wife so it was kind of um uh the first time since then i've had to had a good chance to have a look around because any time i've been since it's just been for like a day just dropping through you know but um and I was going to say it was your first time going with with money in your pocket, but it wasn't really. It was just a credit card, wasn't it? <laughs> well, I tell you, the <laughs> I was we were on one of the days. I think it's the day after Tamper Tantrum. We were, we yeah we went around yes. uh, walked around the High Line and walked to Chelsea Market and all these places. And then I got back to the hotel room and I looked on Instagram and I saw all these photographs uh, of places. You know, you're looking at photographs. I didn't take that. And you're like, oh wait, it's somebody else's feed. And Nathan from Top Paddock in Melbourne. Um, was in uh, New York so I sent him a message and I, uh, it's because he'd been basically about I'd say 20 feet behind me the whole day everywhere he went I'd just been so we met for lunch the next day in a place called Two Hands and uh, yeah. it was good to see him so it's nice coffee meet up you know got to see lots of people I haven't seen in a long yeah. time got to hang out with you as well so it's uh, it was um, yeah, good, good fun was had by all indeed, wanna... indeed but we should talk about the event no let's we'll talk about me um, okay. You're awesome, Carl. <laughs> so the event Meister kicked off. Yeah. So Meister's talk is really interesting. Uh, talk about ambition, um, which is um, yeah something uh, that I think is on the minds of a lot of people. And I think uh, Meister has worked in like she was at Counterculture before, and uh, now works at Cafe Imports in sales. And she was talking to me, I think some of it was in the talk, some of it was outside, like just whenever, uh, the night before uh, or after the event, about how we treat ambition in coffee and like, especially in sales, how it's very easy to get focused on numbers with sales. And this is something I always suffer with because we have salespeople and their job is to sell stuff. But I've, I just, it doesn't feel right sitting down with them and saying, I want you to sell this much stuff this week. So like, how can you drive ambition in salespeople without you know, compromising quality or just having the numbers focused because like you can sell stuff to people, but if they're not the right, if it's not the right product for the right people and that is not a relationship that's going to blossom, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I thought, it, it, I hadn't thought about it kind of so much because not in the, not in the terms that my was point of growth, kind of, we've, we've obviously talked about the career path stuff before as a, as a motivator um, in, in Tampa Tantrum Talks, but we never really that kind of whole like tailoring it to the individual needs and the business needs and less focus on you know, numbers, more focus on you know, interactions and, and, and then being positive and you know, being like, and about how to motivate people to be ambitious as well, I think was a little part of it. And um, I, was, I was a little bit fanstruck when I met Meister because like, I'd only ever kind of seen on the internet and stuff. Um, and I'm sitting in the group house with another, like, god of mine, Mr. Cho, who we'll come to later. And then Meister walks in, and I was just, like, all of a flutter. I was like, oh, I want to talk. I can't talk to the internet yeah. people. And she put, um, a, lot of, she put a lot of work in. Like, it was his talk was just on I point. was just going to say, her talk and delivery was absolutely exceptional. Like, so paced. And reading from notes... But like reading from notes because there was so much content in there, and it wasn't like she was reading from notes. It was like she was carrying some yeah, she paper. Yeah, to it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, and I, and I just I'm so I thought that was so refreshing to actually because I'm I'm the worst at, when I'm doing talks. I forget things all the time, um, and, but I'm too nervous to go up with paper in my hand. 
Um, and, and I just thought that was the perfect way of doing it. Um, you know, like, you know, just like saying your things, but just referring to it. And when she, she had lots of quotes and things she wanted to do, she got the quotes there instead of looking at the screen and boring us with the quotes. And it was one of those um, talks. I, looked, yeah. I, I have a special place in my heart for talks that are interesting for non-coffee people. Yes. So, and there was a, there was a non-coffee person there who asked a question actually, like uh, about her talk and how interesting he found it, and, and that, that that was. Yeah, Pretty so cool. I think that's that, well. Um, I presume that'll be the first one you'll see. I've no idea yes, when you will see it. That's so. probably six weeks away, is it? Yeah, something like it's it's, a, it's, it's definitely there's definitely more uh, still to come out from. Oh, actually, no, I don't think it's that far off because we, we've had quite a break between Antwerp and yeah, here, yeah. haven't we? So I actually think it will be coming up in the, in the next few weeks. So Excellent. Watch this space. Um, one thing before we do move on from that one is that I really want to see somebody deliver a talk on non-ambition. <laughs> non-ambition. What's the, what's the word for yeah. non-ambition? Ambivalence? <laughs> <laughs> no, because like, some people, we, we've talked, we talked about this and I talked to Meister about it as well. That I've got two kinds of people that work here at Has Been. And, and some are human and some are Roland. Um, but, but, but no, so two kinds of people that come here to work, some because they love coffee and they want to work for me, you know, want to work with me and work with the business and, and kind of do the things that we want to do. And then the majority of my staff actually not interested in coffee. You know, the, the guys packing, dispatching, wrapping, bagging you know they're, they're not so into coffee they they enjoy coffee and they'll come and cup with us like so we have an open cup in every morning that people can come and join and they'll sometimes come up and cup and see what we're talking about but they don't love coffee but they they love working for the business um and they don't want a career in coffee they don't want to progress they're very happy kind of you know doing a getting better at their job and learning new skills and doing things like the cuppings but they don't necessarily want that ambition of I want to do this next year with the job is you know I want to come to work do my job and go home um and I, that's I, an ambition I, of sorts I kind of yeah no it is but it's not the same as what we always talk about in like if somebody gets up and talks about career paths or ambition at Tampa Tantrum they talk about you know going on to bigger and greater things um and I don't think there's anything wrong with with having those goals you know some people have got families and, and, and their home life is more their ambition and they work to be able to, you know, fulfill yeah, those Yeah, I think things. as like as an but, employer, it's important to understand that, like, I know what you're saying, that some people, that we have people that uh, don't have the ambition of, like, working, like, learning everything they can about coffee or working in coffee. They're just there while they finish their college course and then they want to do something else. Yeah. And it's really important to understand that that's what their ambition is because then you can stop trying to send them on courses to teach them stuff and you can like actually just reward them in different ways and give them different incentives. So yeah, no, it's a good point. But I think where, where I was going with it is I, I'd really love to see a talk on that talks about how you look after and motivate those people to still, you know, to not get bored and to not get stale and, you know, and to retain them long term. Uh, as well so you know there, there has to be other tools and and uh, you know i try different things here all the time where we'll you know we'll go out on group you know nights out or we'll you know we'll have a party or or, or do something um but I, i'm not sure how like 
it's very easy. Like Roland, the one I said earlier, like Roland, I'm going to take to Kenya this year. Last year, he went to Costa Rica, and that for him is his motivation and his and his you know his prize for doing a good job, if you like, his little bonus on top of being paid incredibly well. Um, but and I, it's it's a harder thing to motivate somebody that just wants to come to work. Um, but they are massively Completely. important. Um, like without those, like because if you put a coffee, you know, a coffee geek. Uh, in a bagging machine all day every day they're going to fall out of love with coffee quite quickly because their motivation was to get involved in coffee and they're bagging and dispatching stuff um, so yeah I, think, I don't know I'd, I'd love to see something where we, we talk about how we look after those people and, and kind of things we can yeah, do no, I think it's a good point because it's um, it's recognising that, that ambition isn't always about charging ahead ambition can be you know like being just content well, yeah, just being content and just yeah. doing your thing and we should allow for that you know I like it, it kind of I, I won't name names but I've I've learned that lesson the bad way like I've had people leave because they weren't driving what they were doing and then realising afterwards that they were doing a really good job what they were doing and that's all they wanted to do and I was making them feel uncomfortable and then you know what I mean uh, and it's yeah. yeah it's okay to to do that we need people to do that you know no, agreed. Um, yeah. After Meister was Michelle Johnson, is that right? A star yes, is born, yeah. Stephen. Like, I don't mean, I don't mean that in, in regards was... to like everybody else, because everybody else is a star too. But like, I'm going to say that, well, for me, definitely Michelle was definitely one, uh, was a person I knew the least about. So I'd read her blog, yeah. The Chocolate Barista, um, and a lot of stuff she talks about is hugely important uh, in the States today. Like, yeah. it's, oh, man, open Twitter. Like, there's a lot of really, really terrible things that are happening in that country. And I think social media is doing a great job of of not just, like, of exposing what, it, like, really can't be seen as a, as a recent phenomena. It's like, this must have been happening for decades. And it's it's bringing to light what's happening. And, oh, it's really painful stuff. And But Michelle is talking about, like, uh, about race and diversity in the workplace and like the lessons that we all need to learn and um, it's a difficult topic to talk about but my god she just the tone that she speaks with is just I'd listen to her read the phone book yeah I think this talk was the one that scared me the most because it's a topic that like done badly or wrong could be like really damaging like and 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 not a good thing and like the way that she delivered it and the way that she talked about like you know how you know biases in in, in you know be them intentional or non-intentional and like i was just like blown away by these things like she and the one thing that really resonated me from the talk where she said you know that you know some people say that black people don't tip and i said that like, and I shouldn't be saying that because that's just not true. That's a generalization. And a, and a, For clarity, and Steve is saying that Michelle that. said that she said that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It wasn't that Steve and, said and, that. But like it, no, no, no. But it was almost like it's, it's kind of okay to mess yeah, up. Yeah, to hold your hand as up. As long yeah. as you realize you're messing up and you address it and fix it. And, um, and I think that that can, you know, like the, the whole... Um, like you know, the, the feminism thing that kind of goes on, on on the internet a lot, where people will suddenly 
beat people up about saying something wrong or, you know, without giving the chance to kind of go, oh, God, that wasn't right. And it was almost like Michelle was giving you a chance to say, as long as you know it, I tell you it's wrong and you know it's wrong, it's kind of okay as long as you address it. And, and that, that, that was the big thing I took from it, that I'm almost too scared to talk about race and feminism sometimes because I don't know enough about it and, and I don't understand, you know, and I don't want to make yeah. a mistake. Like I want to be, I want to do the right thing. Um, and, and that was just super refreshing for me. I, I, I loved that part of the talk. Um, it just, yeah, it was really yeah, I think um, like all of the other coffee events out there that are being organized that are going through our, our speakers list to see who they last next should definitely ask Michelle to go talk as well. <laughs> so um i know i do i think like the yeah the the weight and tone of what she delivered was just really exceptional and i like she's not working as a barista anymore and she's kind of half in coffee half out of coffee like we need a keeper like we somebody needs to get her like completely in coffee because she's such a wonderful character and just um the sort of person that you want knocking around our industry, you know, I was really, really taken with Michelle. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. And then after that, we had Jen, Jen did. Chen. Um, um, and again, another topic that like I was sitting there and very happy to be schooled on and very happy to listen and soak up um, because it's something that he's talked about a lot, but he's not necessarily kind of more in a, a, a vaguer sense and not in the coffee kind of coffee world sense and and how that can hit employees and um and she did some research on um kind of it was kind of cross between sexism and bullying in the work yeah well it's it? her talk was focused on power dynamics and how that manifests itself in the workplace and it was a really good practical guide like and it kind of fed into the whole team of like the, an, an accidental team that emerged of the competition being uh, or so the event being um almost like a work uh workshop because she gave so yeah. many like small practical examples some of them were quite extreme and uh, frankly shocking um and but then there's other ones where you're kind of like on you know i've done stuff like that before that's you know it just very made me think about all different aspects of the business and how as business owners and even like as work colleagues, we need to ensure that we think about situations and how power dynamics work and how like, uh, yeah, like it's, it's such a tricky thing to talk about. And she just like a, an incredibly intelligent woman that just pinpointed all of these things for everybody to think about. Um, and it was, um, yeah, a really, really interesting talk and a quite a good, in a good way, but heavy. I think um, like it was very, it became a very thoughtful room when Jen was speaking, like and everybody was, was taking it in and, and yeah, it was a, like, it was a very heavy and extremely necessary talk uh, to happen. I think she did a really, really great job. I think, I think, you know, the whole morning was, I kind of like, so, I mean, we're going to go on to after this talking about the panel discussion that you and uh, Nick uh, did together. And I was almost glad at that point to have a break because I was like literally trying to catch my breath and trying to kind of process stuff. I actually went outside while you were doing the doing that part and like kind of just sat on my own outside for a little while and was kind of just processing what had just gone on. And, and, and it was a super heavy morning, um, but so much content in there. And again, 
and I don't want to kind of over-egg it, but they're just so polished as performers. They were so practiced. Like, I couldn't believe that was the first time Jen had ever spoken uh, really? on her own on stage. Yeah. Did you not listen to my intro? Oh, I, I cut that bit out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the first time she'd ever delivered a talk on her own on stage. Wow. Um, and just was flawless. So, yeah, no, it yeah. was... It was. So tell us about the panel. So I wasn't there, so I can't really contribute to this. So tell us all about what happened in your your panel uh, before lunch. Um, so Nick Cho sat in to to chair the panel. Um, I was representing the middle class white people, and uh, very good yeah. Well, we that. have a voice, and um, it was um, yeah. It, 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 in a very good way, it had no structure. Like it was very much just like, and Nick was very good at bringing people into um, into the uh, the conversation and making them think about what was happening. So it was, um, yeah, it was. It, it, the room became like a conversation. You know what I mean? And it was really, really great. And I, I'd like to think that we've been quite dynamic with the with the events over the years and how they're 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 set up and. Like I had people come to you at the end saying like, you know, like that was as a business owner, that was really great because you get to talk and, and think with your peers and people just like putting their hands up and saying, you know, I've done this, made a mistake. That was something I, I try to fix. And people giving personal experience is so much more valuable than standing up and saying like, oh, I've done this, I've done that, I've done that. I'm great. Uh, like I think those days are gone um, and a more collaborative event is, is definitely, I think, what we would be uh, f- focusing on. But it was yeah, it was just really, really great. Um, and the bit, the bit I did dive back in for that I thought was really interesting. There was one. There, were, you, there was basically questions from the from the audience, and one guy put his hand up for Michelle and was saying, "Now th- I think I do a good job, like within my um, uh, within my workplace for being kind of you know for like kind of racial awareness and making sure that we you know we do all the right things." Um, but like, I'd like to make sure I'm doing it a good job. Is there any like where I can uh, like find out about this or maybe do some more? And Michelle didn't really know. But then a member of the audience went, I know what you need to do. These are the people you need to talk yeah, to. This yeah. is what you need to do. And it's really refreshing that you're asking this question because we all think we're doing awesome and lots of the time we're not. And the only time we find out is when we ask people that know better. Um, and I was just like, that, that doesn't happen at other speaking events. Yeah. It's good. Audience like, members don't answer questions of other audience members. <laughs> they were quite a smart audience this time, but yeah. smarter than you and I, unfortunately. Oh, but that, that's pretty much everywhere I go, so I'm used to that. Um, and it, it's it, just, it's interesting to see that. how it develop in uh, in other countries as well, because like in the states, it's a huge issue because it's such a diverse culture, and probably it's, it's the same in the UK. Um, mm-hmm. In Ireland, like it's ninety six point three percent of the population is white. of the population is Irish and white. So it's, but yet diversity is an incredibly important thing. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a topic that I I worry a lot about and, and try to keep at the forefront. So to see different inputs and uh, from people from different backgrounds and, and different countries was great, you know? Yeah. No, no, very good. Remember and that dude lunch. that came from Australia as well? We should mention him. Flew all the way oh, from yeah, Australia. He, just for Tampa Tantrum. Just for Tampa Tantrum. Not for anything else. Yeah. We did have some people come from Texas just for nothing else, which is pretty amazing because that's a long way away. 
Yep, David from uh, Greenway came all the way from Texas and mm. a few other gentlemen that I was talking to. There was one guy who I was talking to afterwards who came uh, because he watches um, my in my mugs and he was a home user that kind of saw that we were coming to New York and he lives two hours south and paid the money for a ticket to come and watch the whole event. Wow. Didn't, didn't say anything to me till the very end because <laughs> he said he saw me a few times but couldn't talk to me. Wow. And I was like... Oh, there was this one guy I talked to. Oh, what was his name? I can't remember now. Okay, so he was from like two hours north of New York or something. And I was like, do you work in coffee? He's like, no. So basically, he discovered one day that you could roast coffee yourself. So then he, he bought like a roaster off Sweet Maria's and he was buying green coffee and roasting it. And then all his friends wanted roasted coffee, so he was roasting it for them. He's a mechanical engineer. And he has no idea about the specialty coffee industry. And he asked a question. He's a big guy with blonde hair, um, kind of He-Man-esque looking guy. I think uh, I know who you meant, yes. Yeah, and he was super interesting and he knew so much about coffee, but didn't know anything about coffee. It was just because it was just all self-taught and he was like, he didn't know what temper tantrum was. <laughs> he was like, and he didn't know any of the speakers was and was like, this is amazing. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so he was, uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the best um, encounters I had. Do you know how terrible I am at names? Awful. I'm awful at names. So I can't remember the guy's name, but he was from Colombia. Oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a roaster. That's right. And he was he was talking to me at the end of the event that he um, he listens to Tampa Tantrum while he's roasting, uh, just to kind of shut out everybody around him so he can focus on what's going on. And we apparently we have a soothing effect on his work. Oh. Um, and he said... Um, he, the last thing he said before he went was just like, please don't stop what you're doing. He says, I love it. Like, just keep doing all of this stuff that you're doing. And he was like, it's nice when you get that kind of stuff that... We know, should edit cracking noises into the podcast so that he doesn't know if he's hit first crack or not. <laughs> Jen! Jen! Jen, put cracking noises in. <laughs> I mean, he's probably cracking our bones. Um, you know, and it was such a diverse audience, which is, which is super cool. You know, there's just so many different kinds of people there. And if we'd had a bigger venue, we could have had more. Solve it. I definitely um, think we will. Yeah. Uh, lunch. lunch was excellent. Thank, Thank you very much. Street. Thank you. They're they're selling Sangers in in Manhattan, which is all kinds kinds of wonderful. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then who was in the afternoon? I'm trying to think who was first up. Was it Mister Berger? Berger. Uh, yes, yes, he went up. Yeah, straight after yeah. lunch. Um, yeah. He's clever, isn't he? Yeah. It's annoying. We're all on men stupid apart from him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he so run away. Again, another talk that's interesting to people that don't work in coffee and excellently delivered. Um mm. it's quite easy and fun to take the piss out of Matt Perger. But yeah. my god, he's professional. Like he turned up, he had everything sorted, he delivered like he knew his speech word for word, like he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Um yeah, always an inspiration. And, uh, just, he is one of the smartest guys in coffee. Yeah, he really is, and, and he's so like such a likable guy as well, like from Australian as well. Especially for an Australian, yeah, yeah, it does come with that yeah. caveat. Yeah, no, he's I, I, like his talk was just. It, do you know what it kind of reminded me of? Uh, two of my favourite Tampa Tantrum talks. The one was the one that you did about want to know about being in a coffee shop. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, James is one that he did in the same one, which was about service. Um, 
and there were ones that I took two or three things away from and ended up running with them in my head myself uh, for a long time and kind of really trying to like develop them. And I felt like, like some talks, people say stuff that you know or say stuff that you don't know and you go, that's interesting. But some people kind of say stuff and then you develop your own talk in your head. And you do that, you Is that why you started talk. talking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like you start, you, you know, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, it gives you more questions than it does answers, but it actually sets that questioning off in your head. Um, and I, I thought it was fantastic. Like it was, it, it was an old school, old style kind of tamper tantrum talk, um, but was just, as you say, so polished. Yeah, no, really, really good. Um, uh, after Matt was not Nick. No, it was Colleen and Nunu. It was Colleen. Definitely one of the smartest people. I I get I I find her intimidating to talk to sometimes because she's that smart. She just knows <laughs> all the stuff, you know. Um, and Colleen was talking around the. The I suppose Orca conversation about her role in especially coffee and her role like with fair trade and how those two aren't necessarily happy bedfellows and how she yeah. wants to see that change and thinks that they're they they're in for a bit of unfair criticism from time to time. Uh, yeah, like if Colleen and Nunu thinks that, then let's do it. Let's go. Like I think um, somehow. So I'm re- I'm really disappointed. So I don't know if Colleen told you. Uh, she's lost her passport while she was there. Oh, she was saying, yeah. Yeah, um, which means she's meant to be going to, uh, I think it's Estonia, um, somewhere, so, 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 is that Eastern Europe? Um, but for the, <laughs> for the Tampa Tantrum in, uh, the, for the Roasters Guild of Europe, and she was meant to be one of the speakers, and me and her were meant to be on a panel um, debating specialty against kind of fair trade. So I didn't say a lot in that talk, uh, at the end, because I was like keeping my powder dry, but because she's lost the passport, it looks like she's not going to be able to make it. Oh crap! Um, but I had all sorts of questions after that talk. Uh, I disagreed with lots of the talk. I agreed with lots of it too, but I disagreed with huge amounts of it. And I really wanted to kind of really get into it. But as as Nick Cho gave me some advice the night before about hosting Tampa Tantra, because I've never done it before, it was very good of him to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like you know it shouldn't be about yourself it's about the speaker and you know we've always tried to do that but I'm guilty sometimes of like you know I want to ask my questions um, so I didn't and I'm really kind of sad I didn't know because it was it was another thought provoking talk but there were lots of things that I super disagreed with well, was talking on there. we were talking in the last couple of days about uh, doing some um uh, get some guests on for, for ta- uh, talks why don't you uh, Jen can you call Colleen and ask her if she'll talk to Steve on a podcast that could be a good solution yeah it could be it yeah. could be hopefully she gets a passport sorted and can still talk you don't need a passport to make Skype calls Steve no no you do if you're from Canuck <laughs> <laughs> you're going to show it in at the police station every three days indeed indeed we're not allowed to leave our uh, 10 metre radius 10 uh, mile radius of the town and not without a passport, and you definitely can't make telephone calls to the outside world. We'll find out there's electricity <laughs> and cars. Yeah, so Colleen was was really really good. Yeah, um, yeah, very thought provoking uh, and very very interesting. And then we we finished up with um, Trisha's husband. 
Trish's husband. Yeah, it was really yeah. great with Trish's husband to come. Um, he um, definitely. Yeah, Trish was busy, so she sent her husband as a replacement. Who did, who did a, 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 a fine job? He did all right, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. I think he could have a career in public speaking if he tried. Seriously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, seriously, Nick did a, a really excellent job, and I think. Um, I really touching. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen to us. He's too busy creating Porterfield to listen to us. He had a really touching moment at the start where he uh, he basically just um, talked about how awesome Colleen was, and then launched Mm. into his own talk as well. So that was really nice. Um, And uh, yeah, I think Nick is someone who, strangely, was talking on Tamper Tantrum for the first time. Yeah. No, he's talked on the podcast. Yeah, but I mean, at an event, Steve. Come on, at an event. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but Trish was busy, so he came. <laughs> yeah. So but I think there's been so many nearlies. Like, we, we, we've talked about it before, and it hasn't quite worked out. Like, he's, he's a name that's been on, on our list, I think, since the start. Certainly on my list. Like, I'm a proper fanboy, as you know. Uh-huh. Um, without uh, Porterfilter, I would have never found the world of podcasting. Um so it's all his fault. Yeah. Podcast or um, portafilter should be more regular. It's getting more regular now, more isn't it? Regular. You should be more regular. Yeah, I should be. No, he, he was, and then he stopped, and now I think he, I was talking to Nick about it, and I think there's been just lots of stuff going on, but it's, um, yeah, it, it is starting to be uh, more regular. Um, but yeah, the, well, I can see why he can't be bothered because we're just so awesome. But how can he compete? Well, with us two sitting there and Jen and uh, with Nick and also Meister, who does the Opposites Extract podcast, um, it's uh, Nick was saying that if a bomb went off, there'd be no more coffee podcasts, except for Cat and Cloud, who incidentally opened their shop today, I think. Cat and Cloud. Cat and Cloud. Never heard of them. They like the Spudgecast. They love podcasts. So good luck to the boys today opening their first shop. Mm. Um, which is uh, great to see. I'm going to visit it. Very, very cool. If uh, if you want to go visit it, it's in LA, US, uh, America, the end. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, go go check that place out. Um, Yeah, and Nick's talk was, uh, I remember like Nick got onto the, uh, I suppose the leadership and coffee debate, like what, the title and job scope of that person should be. It was quite interesting. I'm a, a personal uh, loather of the director of coffee title. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think Nick touched on that and was talking about different names that we might need. It was an interesting talk and funny, as always, because it's Nick. Yeah. No, I, I, I kind of, again, I think it's another talk that I had lots, lots that I agreed with and lots that I disagreed with as well. Um, like, typically the part where I talked about, you know, the, the role of the, 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 the person should be to do everything and, and, and go and like, learn everything. And I don't think that's necessarily how business works. Um, you, know, you, don't, you, don't, you don't find somebody, you know, managing director of a bank who, who knows how to you know, do the telling and, you know, and, and fix an ATM and all those things. But I, I took away lots of the things that you're professionalizing the industry is a good thing. But I think we've done really well at doing that. Like, I think the industry has become more professionalised, certainly, you know, in its young 30 years of, of specialty. Yeah, but um, the, the I think as well, this bigger uh, point was about, like, having education in coffee and what role that would play. 
but again, I think we have, I think we do have a, a, a an element of that, and, and we, and it does need pushing and developing. But I think we we shouldn't be too quick to jump up and down on the like, you know, we should be doing more. Yes, we should. We should be doing more in lots of other ways. But it's one of those things that uh, it develops over time. Um, and, and the stuff that the universities in the US are starting to do sounds very exciting. Um, you know, that we talked about with the... the, the At UC Davis. The That's the one. Oh, thanks for saving me, Cole. You left me hanging for a little while. Though. I did. Um, yeah, like, that's really exciting and interesting, but... That's probably a long way down the line as well until that becomes mainstream and, and something that you would find in lots of places. Um, I, I think we should be really happy that like the, some of the education systems we do have and are, are available. And I think the unification will only make that better. Um, and I think the best place for that to start is with the Specialty Association of the World. Um, then, you know, kind of... Uh, like, and, and let university stuff happen as well, but... The, the, the association should drive it and develop it too and hopefully they will get on board with that stuff yeah, it, but it was a very thought-provoking talk for sure yeah well, a really really wonderful time and it was it was when, when it was done i was ready for it to be done i think it was just timed really well because it was a whole chunk of a day like i got there at what seven thirty, and i think it finished up at about six was it mm-hmm it was a very long day. And it's draining and just listening, you know, like in, in a good way, because you're always thinking. And Well, I think, I, I think the other thing is, I don't think people understand how draining it is, like being on, switched on the whole time as like, you know, kind of as the conductors of the speakers, you know, you want to make sure you don't miss any details of all of the speakers and you want to make sure you've got good questions for when it comes up. And that's, that is hard work. I was pooped at the end of it. I literally went home cooked myself a steak and went to bed. Um, yeah, and like I didn't go out partying or anything, which is very unlike me. Where next? Like parties. Where next, Stephen? Where do you want to... Because I think the New York started because we wanted to go to New York. Yeah. That you wanted to go to New York. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you, you were hardly you dragged we. kicking and screaming, though. No, I don't... I, maybe, what other cities I'm do you want to go hold Tamper in? Okay. Tokyo, Barcelona, San Francisco, Melbourne. Tokyo. Tokyo would be good. San Francisco, maybe. Yeah. I've never been to San Fran. I'd like to go and see the home of Apple. I think maybe we need to do like a Copenhagen, Oslo, Stockholm, maybe somewhere like that. Oh, I go to Stockholm all the time. Okay, Copenhagen <laughs> or Oslo. I go through Copenhagen all the time. Oslo. Oslo's too expensive. We can fit 100 uh, people into, excuse me, into Tim Wendelow's shop. I, I have a perfect venue for a Stockholm one. It's very cheap. Is it in one of your many roasteries that you have littered around Europe? It is. It is. It's one of my Pokemon I caught. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think I, we, I definitely want to do the format of what we've done in New York. As I mean, is in our own show. No, nothing, not that there's anything wrong working with Barista Guild or Roasters Guild or Cup North or all those people, but I would love to do something in Europe that is our own show. Big boy um, pants. Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. It feels really good because, you know, we, it's kind of like when we did the uh, Dublin one, the freedom of just being able to choose whatever you want, whoever you want. And that's kind of the strength of Tamper Tantrum, isn't it? Is that we're, it can be non-partisan. As long as you yeah. don't slag off three of your has been or we'll fucking push it. <laughs> but besides that... You know, <laughs> there are certain things that we, you know, we, we have to take into account the needs of, um, you know... The, 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 the needy people. <laughs> the different guilds, you know, like, like you know, the Roasters Guild have a real need for it to be about roasting. Otherwise, 
you know, and the Barista Guild needs to be very much about baristas, where we can we can kind of mix and mash it a little bit with green bean sauce in and, and, and you know, um, kind of like different topics where, where you have to focus if you're doing a certain event or, and you have to fulfill their needs. Well, actually, isn't... that reminds me because, like, it, we've skipped over something conveniently enough for me, but I'll bring it up anyway, is the the debate we held at the end. Oh, no, don't worry. I wasn't going to let that go. Uh, but that, the fact that we can have a debate about whether barista competition is dead or not is... Um, is kind of unique. Like it's yeah. it's there. You won't get that at many other events because, well, they are not allowed shit on their own doorstep, I suppose. So I was uh, arguing for the motion. Um, yeah. So threw together a few notes in the ten minutes before, while you and Jen had prepared essays for the months before. So I won't bring that up though. It's cool. Can I just say it was the night before, and Jen was still writing hers about a minute before we kept, we actually went live on stage. She was writing her notes on the stage. That's how prepared <laughs> we were. We're just good, Cobb. You're confusing prepared with good. <laughs> so um, I felt kind of bad at the end because people were coming to me going, oh, God, well, do you not think this? Do you not think that? And I'm like, I, I don't agree that... I don't think that we're, the first championships are dead. I was just arguing for the motion. So I, I think some of the things that I said, but other times I was just trying to win the argument. Yeah. No, and, 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 and I, I did, I, I won't say this to you ever again, and I'm probably going to feel really dirty, but I agreed with lots of what you said. Um, lots of the things, I think there are problems with it um, that do need to be fixed, and they're problems we've known about for years, and they haven't been fixed. Um, like, there's not enough ginger MCs involved these days. Um, <laughs> it's a huge problem that somebody needs to address. Yeah. Um, it's okay for you as baristas. You can just be good and get to the finals and you'll be able to go to the finals. Steve, MC, just because yeah. I make it look easy doesn't mean it is easy. No, but see, as an MC, I, I know I'm the best. I know I'm good. But I'm still not guaranteed to go to finals. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> You've been to more finals than any other MC, haven't you? Yeah, probably on a better par with Nick, I think, actually. Probably. Who's been to the yeah. most WBC finals? Uh, Sonia. No, I mean competitors. Oh. It must uh, be Stefanos, is it? How many finals has he made? Yeah, Stefanos maybe. Or maybe, um, what's his name from Canada? Um, ben Putt? No. Sammy Piccolo? Sammy Piccolo. Maybe Sammy. He made finals many times for many years. Yeah. Answers on a postcard. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's before my time. <laughs> I only see what's in front of me, not what happened in the past. I'm a guy of the future. Yeah, you are. Um, yeah. So, all in all, a very successful event. Um, oh, can, before we do wrap up from the... Um, what was the forfeit if you didn't win the debate, Carl? Again, that's a great place to wrap things up. We're going to uh, talk to you again next week. And... Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think everybody's going to see the video, so I don't really, I don't really have much chance of escaping. I have a feeling it's going to turn into a GIF as well at some stage. Um, I guess who has the footage? Uh, is it you, Stephen? <laughs> We're making a video so, just about that. For those of you who are very confused, which is probably all of you, um, the losers, the people who came second. The losers? <laughs> I did go up to Matt and congratulate him on another second place. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so he was uh, their their forfeit yeah, as decided by Nick Cho was to read bad Yelp reviews of Wrecking Ball Coffee um, in an American accent 
so unfortunately, Matt Perger went first and decided to talk with a very generic Pan-American accent, which anybody can do. I think it was more LA than Pan-American. Yeah. Oh my God. Like that kind of one. Yeah, exactly. So, which is fine. So you decided to go the route of doing a Pakistani accent. It was, it was actually a New York accent. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh. Well, I just oh, wow. felt that, you know, Matt's kind of nailed it and it wasn't very entertaining because he nailed it and it was like, that's fine. So I needed to go with something a bit more high, high risk. So I took him for the team and actually, I thought I was going to do it really well. But then when I got the first word wrong and then start laughing, I couldn't call off back. And then every now and again, I'd say two or three words. It sounded vaguely New York and then the fourth word would be just something completely different. And it turned into a bit of a shit show. So I'm sorry. Oh. Sorry. I'm sorry to the people of New York for offending you. Carl. Yeah. I'm really angry at you. Why? You made me cry on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I never. I, I couldn't stop. The tears were just running down my face. It was really it was, bad. It was so funny. Oh, you don't. Like, I don't even think I've ever heard myself. Honestly, talk like it's that. right up there with Gentle Giant. It's right up there. <laughs> it, it, it's just one of those special moments that will stay with me forever. <laughs> It's, it's it, it literally and will I'm, stay with you forever, won't it? Because you're just going to yeah. play the video over and over again. Over and over again. I have no idea. Like, <laughs> just like, if I was up there having to do the because if we'd have lost, which we were never going to lose because we were awesome, um, then I, I don't know how I'd even have started it. I re- apart from that, oh my God, this is awesome. And that's all I can do. You know, it's like, and that's not very good. Yeah, it was pretty horrific. Yeah. But much fun was had by all. Definitely. Yeah, okay. So that's a nice place to wrap it all up, I think, is it? Isn't it? We can go about our Saturday afternoons again. I've got IKEA furniture to build. Well, I'm just looking at the cringe fest that is the Ryder Cup. It's, uh, How are we doing? Uh, so currently USA are 5-3 up. And okay. this morning... It's, uh, there's four games at the moment, and I think the USA are open two and Europe are open one. So currently, if it stays this way, your USA will be winning 7-4. Mm. Um, but it's it's so funny the way you get these complete squares. And for like a weekend every, is it every two years to do this or every four years? Every two years, yeah. yeah. For a weekend every two years. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? Like... I tweeted earlier that's kind of like the cool dad of, of golf tournaments, but it reminds me of when I worked in an office and on Fridays you had casual Friday and <laughs> all the all the squares in the office would come to work in their in their hoodies, you know, their gap hoodies and be like, yeah, because I'm actually quite hip to the groove and show everybody how <laughs> cool they were and they weren't. And it just feels like that, like there's like Rory, uh, Rory Gallagher, Rory McIlroy um, doing, you know, chest bumps on the, on the 18th hole and stuff and Oh man, it's so it's so cringy. It's the cringiest We've thing ever. We talked about this before, though. That I, I'm Tampa Tantrum. That I love the Ryder Cup just purely because it's Europe. Oh, I love it. I love watching yeah. it. It's but it's still yeah. cringy. It is cringy. You're right. You're right for sure. But isn't it isn't it cool that we can actually like? Oh, will the UK be allowed to be in the Ryder Cup? And so we're leaving Europe. Well, it's Europe. The the geographical. Yes. I know. I know. I was joking. Uh, I haven't finished my point. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll continue after you hang up. You have a point? Yeah. Um, no, no, you should definitely do this if you have one. This would be a first. Come on, tell me more. It's, but yeah, no, I do like the Ryder Cup. It's very interesting, yeah. but dead cringy. And I would love to see a Ryder Cup of Barista competition. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, What if you're out there and you want us to bring Tamper Tantrum to your city and we haven't considered it, drop us a mail. Um, especially if you've got a really decent venue that you can get us access to for zero cash monies um, would be a bonus. But lots of love and respect. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, cool. <laughs> That's the currency we like to pay in. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in again this week. It's good to do a podcast with you, Stephen, again. Very nice to talk to you. Thank You've been you. Very nice to be in New York. You've been very nice to be on this podcast. I'm very scared. It's coming, Steve. Don't worry. Um, thank you to Jen for organising it all, and for Dale for being awesome. Yeah, just yeah. I think special a special thank you to Dale because like he did so much work behind the, the scenes. Like he was checking everybody in. He was helping build uh, all of the seating up the day before, clearing out Taylor Street. He was breaking it down in the evening. And he helped so much making sure the sponsors were looked after, like, and, you know, all on his own dime and time. Um, and um, we are very, very grateful to all the work that uh, Dale did. And Tentacle. Tentacle boys were awesome. They had they had the best time. I was talking to them yesterday because they only got back yesterday. And um, they had a wild time there. So, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Go off to Estonia. I'm just laughing at the cringy Ryder Cup. Sorry. Yeah, Estonia yes. next. That'll be great. Yeah. And um, and Manchester. And then Manchester. Cool. Yeah. Um. So hey, we should shut up. We're rambling at this point. We should. Uh, and maybe I should find it, wrap it all up by saying thank you so much to the people of New York City. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, thank you for that, Carl. You're welcome, Steve. <laughs> Honestly, can you just record yourself doing that if I ever feel down? I can just... Whoa, what the... In my mug. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. If Liverpool win the league, I'll do an In My Mug in a New York accent. <laughs> Did you win today? Yeah. Yeah, 2-1. Okay. The kind of game that we would have lost if, if it was last season, but now... I know um, you're 1-0 down and I was shocked and then I heard that Coutinho scored but I, di- I, I didn't hear it. No, Firmino. Oh, was it Firmino? I thought it was Coutinho. Yeah, and then James Milder and his rich reign of penalties. Wow. So, um, yeah, we're away. So, yeah, I look forward to the New York edition of In My Mug with subtitles. <laughs>